You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Here we go. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And, uh, you know, just started recording like one second too soon there. That's all right. This week, uh, so we got to do Nope. Nope. That's uh, your your big uh, to-do this week. That's the thing. And uh, we're also going to talk about Gray Man, uh, The Gray Man. The Gray Man. Sure. Right. On uh, Netflix now with uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, it's Chris Evans. Yep. And uh, so that one, both of these movies in a weird way have been getting like a lot of talk, right? Um, Nope, oddly for me, uh, you know, getting a fair amount of praise, but thank God some people are actually going, well, yeah, hang on a minute. So now I haven't seen a lot of people, um, I've seen maybe a couple, but I haven't seen a lot of people like really hating on it. Right. Um, but there, there are a lot of people, you know, who knows, like, let's say, you know, the tomato score, oh, yeah. which I don't know what it is, but what I would guess it is just from what I'm hearing and seeing, right. Is yeah. that, uh, it's probably like 75. Yeah. I'm curious now. Let me see. Uh, and, and, you know, similar with like Metacritic probably, they I, actually probably match I this time. Look, yeah. um, uh, I my guess would be that it's like about seventy seventy five. Rotten Tomatoes might be higher just because you only have to be passing. You know. Yeah, Metacritic uh, is seventy seven for critics. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, for critics, sure. Um, I mean, the audience is a bit different. But. So yeah, people are uh, are talking it up as you would expect. You get a lot of people who are saying, "Oh, look, it's." Three in a row for right. Jordan Peele or whatever, and hooray, it's <laughs> awesome and whatever. Yeah. But there are actually see in the last one, it, everyone loved it. Eighty-two right? for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's so that's about the same. You know, five five off. But yeah, that's fair enough. <clears throat> Especially sorry. because, as everyone knows, Rotten Tomatoes, you only have to be three or higher, and a lot of the time, it's a guess, right? As to <laughs> right as to what that is. Anyway. Um, but in, uh, you know, when it was us, it was, everyone loved it. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, it get out too. I mean, just, yeah, everyone seemed gaga over it. There, there were a few outliers like us, but, yep. but, uh, by and large, everyone loved it. This one, finally, we're getting like a little bit of at least some chinks in the armor, right. Yeah. That at least there <laughs> are a few people going, well, it's not that great anyway. Uh, but everyone's obviously talking about it. Uh, and it managed to be number one at the box office, which, uh, you know, the studio loves to say, (laughs) even though, uh, it's number one at the box office is like 70 million less than the last number one at the box office. But (laughs) anyway, um, I think it did about like 45, give or take a few is like right around there. Um, which is still great, but. Uh, and then the Gray Man is uh, the whipping boy of movies this year, as far as everything I could see. <laughs> yeah, man, do people just hate this movie? And not only do they hate the movie, yeah, um, but actually, I I don't know, and you don't have to look up everything every time I say something. No, but, but I'm curious too. But uh, I don't know if it's doing that horrible on things like Rotten Tomatoes and uh, and like Metacritic because I've seen reviews seen of it, right? Yeah. I've seen reviews of it that feel a little bit like us because right. they talk about how they hate it and then they still give it like maybe at least five <laughs> or right. something. Like they still they still give it something uh, worth a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if I had to totally guess, not knowing anything, I'd say the Metacritic is probably like. 40 or, uh, you know, right. something like that. See. I don't think it's terrible. It might be. Who knows? But but people are hating on it like crazy. Yeah, I uh, understand. It's, um, it is just the thing that people latched on to. Well, uh, sorry. I mean, no, no. So, so Rotten Tomatoes, because it's the first one I had up, you know, the tomato meter is 47%. 
Yeah. But the audience score is 91. Right. And this is right. this is what I'm I'm thinking Metacritic is probably going to be very similar to that where critics are like, "Eh, this problem, that problem." But audiences right. are right. like, hey, "Shut up." It's right. fun. <laughs> right. It's a good time. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, so we're going to, uh, be covering those two movies. I'm not even going to do a bunch of stuff like what's coming out and all this stuff. Cause we have plenty of stuff to talk about because I also want to talk about before we get to those two movies. Uh, I mentioned before, uh, my old school. And so, so I got to talk about that a little bit. It's a, you see it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, it's a documentary and it is. It's a really weird kind of a trip of a thing because it's made by basically one of the people involved in the story, you know, although semi tangentially because he, he just was a person who's at the school. The, the story is, and uh, I feel safe to not uh, spoil it yeah. because it's a true story. Right. <laughs> right. And if you, if you don't know what happened, I mean, <laughs> you know, too bad. Right. Um, but it was, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 1994, 95, uh, somewhere right around there. Right. Um, this, uh, this guy, and I'll just jump to the spoil, right. Because you have to. Right. Um, and it's not like the movie tries to not tell you, even though it does. Right. Kind of try to not tell you, but it's still obvious. Right. Um, but this guy goes back to his high school, although it's in, you know, it's in England. So, I mean, things are different, right? right. He, he goes back as a fifth year, which, you know, in the U.S., who knows what that means, right? right. But right. what it means <laughs> is that he's like 15 or 16 or whatever. Like, that's the age right. of whatever. So it's, uh, you know, the equivalent of starting high school-ish, yeah. whatever, right. you know, uh, so anyway, this guy goes back and, uh, turns out he's actually 32 Yeah, and he goes back, he changes his hair and, uh, and he just starts school and he just goes to school <laughs> and at the beginning of the movie. So the movie is, uh, largely animated as they do a lot of animated parts of the things happening at the time where they just animate that yeah but it's uh you've got interviews with a bunch of the people who were at the school at the time some of the teachers and uh you know this whole thing and him there's like an interview with him but at some point during production he got mad at them or whatever and refused to be on camera (laughs) so they've got his whole interview yeah and you hear you hear lots of him talking, but what they do is it's Alan Cumming, uh, just interpreting lip, lip syncs, yeah, right to to his interview, yeah, and he's phenomenal. Oh, I bet it's insane bet. how good That's he great. is at doing this, and it's really just he's sitting at a desk, yeah, just like at a school, like yeah. a school desk. You right. know, he's sitting at a desk, and they pop in, and he you know, does some lines or whatever, but he's amazing at it. And like the expressions he has when he does it and you know, the, the way he delivers it, it's perfect. He like exactly is this guy, you know, there are times when, uh, you almost wonder if Alan Cumming got to, see the video anyway. Oh, right. Even yeah. though we can't use it in the film or whatever, because there are times when, <laughs> you know, like he says something and then like Alan coming, like rolls his eyes right. or, or whatever. He just does <laughs> like the perfect expression <laughs> of, of doing this interview. It's right. great. Um, but anyway, so, so the guy goes back to school and, and like he makes it, it's so funny. Uh, the way, the way crazy people mess themselves up, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, because clearly, I mean, this guy's crazy, right? Right. And what happened is uh, he he couldn't get into medical school. So he had, and the really funny thing is he went back to his own school. It, it, it's the school that he actually <laughs> right. attended right. and graduated from. And he so he wanted to be a doctor, right? So his first run through, <laughs> yeah. right? He, he actually made it, right? He 
uh, he went to school. He went on to medical school, but then he like failed out and he failed out, you know, apparently, I mean, who knows, but according to the people like at school <laughs> and stuff, he failed out when, uh, he, they even let him like retake a term. Yeah. And like, he still failed out. Right. right. So then, you know, time goes on. Now he's failed out. Yeah. He gets some, you know, not great job or whatever. Yeah, and, right, and, right. and lots of time goes on. And finally he gets to like around 30 and now he can't go back. Like that's just how it works right there anyway. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that that's like a universal rule or whatever, but, um, but you, you can't start medical school after you're 30 and uh, he can't get anywhere. So he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'll, ju- I'll just I'll have a mulligan, anyway. yeah. right? He's like, <laughs> so that's his whole plan, yeah. right? Is he's going to go to school. He goes for a whole year. Yeah. He actually then gets enrolled in medical school and, and starts going to medical school again. Like right. it works, right. right? Like he did it. Yeah. He pulled it off. And, uh, and it's funny cause he was even like the lead in the school play while he was in his second run in high school. Yeah. He, the, and there's video of him. This is a riot. There's video of him in the play. Right. To prove. So that we have that up. video right. of him. That's right. like, and you don't get to see it until way late in the movie where you actually get to see the real him. Yeah. But, the, but he goes to medical school and then at some point he goes on some trip and uh, the funny thing is, you know, this like exploded in the media, right, in England. Yeah. And it was all over everything. <laughs> they were harassing these kids at the school trying to, you know, get information or whatever. And uh, anyway, so and he goes on this trip with like these three girls. Like he goes on holiday to wherever. I don't know. Uh, I forget where they go. He goes to, you know, some other country. They go on vacation. Right. This is like after he's in medical school, after yeah. he's gotten out of the like high school, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then somehow, and there are like competing stories of what happened, but basically like it comes out. Right. Right. And one of the girls, I guess, like goes back to the school and like rats him out, whatever. I don't know. Right. Right. Um, but basically like it comes out and then, and then it's all, and, and, then, it's and then hilarity ensues yeah, right. and it's all over. And, and then, uh, you know, so obviously like he's kicked out of the medical school or whatever. Again. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but there are all kinds of interviews with lots of the, his classmates yeah. from the time and it's really well put together. And even though, you know, it's a little weird to have all this animated stuff happening, like after a few minutes, like you just get used to it yeah. you're just like, caught up in the story and, and yeah. they're doing it and it's, it's really good. So I came really close to like giving this a 10, but I couldn't quite. And, uh, but I give it a nine. It was, Oof. it was awesome. That's great. It's a, uh, it looks it, fun. And, and it's really impressive that not only, uh, and this is apparently kind of been in production for like a long time. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, it's just, one of his classmates. Right. Uh, it, right. It's just a guy who story he went to great, school with. He's like, I'm going to do this. And said, I'm going to make this documentary. Uh-huh. And uh, and that somehow got Alan Cumming to <laughs> sign up or right. whatever. I, you know, I don't know the story of the production and everything, but it is really, really good. It's uh, And it is like brisk. Like, you know, the, the guy... Uh, you know, no knows what he's doing and right. putting this together and how to huh. how to dish it out and when to dish what out and right. when to go back to this is great learn other information and stuff. It's yeah. really really where, good. Where was it? Was it streaming? Uh, it's in theaters right now and it's not streaming yet. I just, I got a online screener yeah. for it yeah. or whatever. Awesome. But um, yeah, so it's in theaters right now. If you can find if if you it's live be, somewhere that right. you have a theater that will. That will have it. It's in theaters right now, and I don't know what will happen with streaming at this point, but I'm sure before too long it'll be streaming. It'll be somewhere. Yeah, that's great. In my mind, I want to. I want to imagine that like Alan, being British, you know, heard this, remembered it, right, right. or somebody just showed it to him, or whatever. He's like, yeah, 
Right. Let's do this. Right. You know, because people and how much things. how much does it really take out of him? It's like a few days right. of right. You know, whatever. It's not like you're. I don't know. There's no special effects. There's nothing to <laughs> there's it, right? No Just, there's a desk. Do. It's yeah. you sitting at a desk. So yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, but how awesome that he's in it anyway. I think right. that's uh, yeah. really, that's really, really cool. cool. Uh, and like I said, he's just, he's great. Oh, um, that's cool. All right. So first we're going to jump into the gray man. Gray man. Um, just because uh, for no particular reason yeah. of doing them in this order. The gray man, it's on Netflix. And here's the uh, fantasticness of it, right? There's already a sequel and a mm-hmm. spinoff. So I didn't know about the spinoff. So it's done that well. What's the spinoff going to be? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Just Sierra, you know. I more, have no idea, agents. but yeah, I think it's... Um, or maybe it, it's... It's Anna something to do with the, uh, with the Sierra and, you know, whatever. Other, other people who are not... Sure focusing on him specifically. Right? I mean, cause again, we're about to jump in, but you know, Ryan Gosling plays six, which is playful from 007. So you assume right. if there's six, there's gotta be at least five others and maybe how, right. How high do they count? Except, you know? w- except but, that we've already talked about how they're all dead. Right. So, so maybe it's, uh, <laughs> maybe wow. it's like round two. Maybe it's, yeah. He starts, uh, <laughs> right. the Sierra two program yeah. where we, uh, get a whole new bunch of them. All right. So anyway, this movie uh, starts out right. Uh, Ryan Gosling is in prison, and uh, and basically he gets recruited from prison to be in the you know off the books, yeah, CIA team that's yeah. gonna take people out or whatever. And you know, to a certain extent, it's almost like kind of a 007 E mm-hmm. thing, right? Where yeah. except that. Uh, he gets no status out of it, right? Right. It's like, uh, right. It's uh, because it's, uh, you know, it's a suicide squad, right? He's uh, he's the bad yeah. guy recruited to kill people. And he's expendable and, beyond uh, measure. Whatever, so, right, yeah. exactly. He's completely expendable. And, uh, and so then we fast forward to uh, he's going on, he's given this job to do. And uh, the guy who recruited him is more or less retired and there's a new guy running things and he doesn't even want there to right. be the, uh, the <laughs> these people at all. Right. Um, anyway. And, and so he, he doesn't go through with it. It turns out that the person he is supposed to be killing is one of the other Sierra team. Yeah. And then he gets the, you know, whatever he gets the, uh, flash drive that has the information oh, yeah, right. yeah. that we, that he can't unlock. And now he's, you know, now he's on the run from the CIA itself and yeah, right. yada, yada. And then the CIA hires Chris Evans, who's the private contractor <laughs> death squad right. of, you know, whatever. Right. He's, he's the, he's the private, <laughs> He's the private contractor of when the CIA won't do things because they have rules. Right. Then he apparently has unlimited money and unlimited <laughs> red shirts to throw at when the you, problem. When you mad lib a plot, it's actually either it sounds awesome or like don't go near it. But when you're like, he's the lead of the whatever. Right. Because it, it really is that. Like, right. whatever. You want to yeah. make up a name. He's Hydra. Spectre, right, right, right. like whatever, you know, it's this thing. And it's, it's actually, I'm cracking up and he's, it fits. and he's, uh, you know, he's just a jerk. He's whatever. a sociopath. He's, a, he's yeah. just, he loves killing everything. And, and, uh, everything and, and so in the CIA, there's the one <laughs> operative who is sort of on his side and later is more on his side. And then higher up the food chain, there's another CIA person who is really questioning the CIA leader's right. decision to hire Chris Evans in the first place because he's a sociopath right. and, you know, whatever. And so then the chase is on and hilarity ensues and he's running around and stuff's blowing up <laughs> and, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, pretty standard how the plot's going. They're all trying to kill him and whatever. Right. Um, now, so we may be in great disagreement here, right? But I love this movie. Oh, uh, so 
it has a lot of parts to it that are just as goofy as things could get. And and one of the things that really brings this movie down a lot for me is that it just can't decide how goofy it is. Right. And so it does a lot of going back and forth. So there are there are long stretches in this movie where it really could be like a Bond movie or like a John Wick movie, mm -hmm. at least, or something in that area, right? And then all of a sudden, it'll have like another scene to it or even like Mission Impossible-ish, -ish. Yeah. whatever. Um, then it'll have another part where all of a sudden they're like, I don't care. That This is fun, right? right? But it's so goofy yeah. that you're like, I mean... Well, wait now, what movie is this, right? Like you got to pick something yeah. and and do that. Right. And if it's going to be goofier, right? Um especially in this movie the extremes that it goes to, right? Yeah. Because one minute you're watching John Wick and the next minute you're watching like The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. And, right. <laughs> and right. and you can't mix those together and yeah. have even still, though, I I really thought this, and the best part of this movie for me was that even when it was being really goofy, right? I feel like it was honest about it. You know, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't doing the things that it was doing because it thinks you're dumb enough to like it. It was doing it because it was like, man, look how cool this is, and really thought it was cool, yeah. and really believed that you would think it was cool or whatever. So there are parts where we're, uh, you know, destroying this plane in midair or he's on like the tram in Europe or whatever. And things just go like bad. Really? Off. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, really yeah. messed up. And it's funny too, because the, that tram scene, you know, for a while I was in that scene, right? For, yeah. for a while that was cool. He's, you know, he's picking up the shield, right? He's uh, even the part where he gets on the roof and he's looking in the mirrors of the buildings. I was like, I'm I got to give yeah, you that. Right? right. Right. But then like we figuratively and literally go off the rails yeah. and it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. But but I never felt like, you know, the movie was calling me stupid or anything. Right. So anyway, that's uh, way too much babbling uh, to get to my rating, which is uh, I give it a seven. Oh, jeez. I thought you'd be higher than that, even with all that. Uh, but you know, that's still that's no. There solid. was, uh, you know, I could have, I, I might, I almost might have been, and and I feel like this is, uh, you know, for those of you who have listened to us forever, you know, the instant reaction review. Sure. If it was instant, I would have probably given it eight. Yeah. But right. Uh, but then you know there was just too much of it that to think was back on. that was stupid and uh, one of the main problems that I had to take a lot away is really like the last fifteen minutes I feel like the movie just threw its hands up in the air and, <laughs> and went let's just keep exploding uh, it's and, over yeah and that and that fight at the end I'm like that ain't that that ain't who that guy is i i know oh, yeah i know you that i know you want him to be for yeah. whatever reason because you want to do this fight scene and you want him to take a lot of damage and still keep coming because that's you know your whole thing, thing you were doing and i'm like but that that ain't this guy yeah man like yeah. this guy just shoots that guy yeah <laughs> right he, he's i mean goes he's, off. He, he's got all this stuff that you've been building to about this whole you know, beating people and taking the punishment. And he's all this whole like Sylvester Stallone, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard right. you can get hit and still keep coming. And yeah. we're trying to make that into a whole movie. That's the thing. Yeah. I, you know, I get it, but also this guy is uh, just absolute pragmatism, right? You know, right. like he is the not, efficiency of, he is not going to yeah. be in this end scene and go, yeah, let's let's fight. Let's duke it out or whatever, yeah. you know, nonsense. Right. You're just taking that guy out. And I just it, didn't buy it at all. And I was like, man, now you're just getting like a whole other kind of cheesy. And yeah, right. Just it, it really pulled things down. Some of it's predictable. It, it's funny. There's sometimes there's the the Indiana Jones version that just trades punches back and forth, like, you know, in Raiders under a under a plane that's spinning in circles. And then 
you also have the Indiana Jones who, if you know the story, why he did it, he just pulls out his gun and shoots the swordsman. He's like, I'm not getting to a big thing here. Right, right. Let's just, and, and you're right. He, he's like, eh, the economy of movement means I should just shoot you a few times and just go get it like a bagel, you right. know? It, there's, there's something happening, and this thing took a fair amount of scrutiny, I guess, is the word I want to think of for being... This is the most expensive Netflix one yet. I, yeah, it's I think. hugely expensive. Yeah. And and I see where... I see where some of that stuff comes from. The, the, plain, the plain things... There's certain setups and certain set pieces in the action film that really have fun ideas and I think must believe they can do things better than other films who have done this. And it's hard to be original in action films... You're either in a car, a boat, a train, or a plane. I get it, you know? The stuff that didn't work all the time for me is the stuff that may, mostly happens like in the air, the plane stuff. I'm like, you're just trying to do a better Mission Impossible, and right. you just didn't get it. But there's a lot of money going into this. So anyway, I came into it with pretty low expectations. I like everybody in it. I like the Russo brothers. Uh, I like what they do with films. I love what they do with Chris Evans. They're two Captain America films, and then the Avengers films, I think, is part of the strongest part of the entire MCU. Um, I, I like Chris Evans, even when I think in this, and I know he was a bit of a thorn for you, or at least maybe not a thorn, maybe just a pebble in the shoe. Um, he's really going over the top oh, yeah, at yeah. times. Like He's really twisting his mustache, looking right. for his black hat. I had a blast with it. Is is right in the wheelhouse of things that I want to see when I want to see what I saw. Right. This is this is Odenkirk's Nobody. This is John Wick. This is even Shane Black's The Last Boy Scout. It doesn't go super serious. At times I'm happy it didn't, and then at times I'm like, ah shit, that's when you should have. Right. But I'm on board with it, and it is almost entirely due to the charisma between Ryan Gosling and even even though he's I mean two days of filming at most Billy Bob Thornton yeah he was good you know though. he but yeah. he's he's good in it and Billy Bob is Billy Bobbing you know he's right. doing his his government thing he could have walked off the set of and it's funny it's been playing for it seems like it's playing all day long on like TNT like Armageddon is everywhere right and I'm every time I'm walking into a room to pick something up or put something down he's trying to convince Bruce Willis that this is <laughs> this is the deal that that intonation and that guy he just walked into the CIA outfit here like right. eh, okay Billy Bob's still great he's having fun him and Gosling are great Gosling and Evans are fun Gosling and the Armis are really charismatic there's not a romance going on there but there is a moonlighting thing there's a there's a yeah, back and forth right. banter where where at one point she you know she shoots him and he's you know she's like i need you compliant he's like can i comply over there right. just that banter the banter is what drove it for me the story was kind of like right it is it's the mad libs it's this guy from agent whatever you know doing this to whomever like i get it it's fine even his, even his, and by his, I mean Gosling's charisma with Claire, who is a kid in Jeopardy in the film. He's, he's so dry-witted and sarcastic, but capable. But even that relationship, at first I didn't know if it was going to work. And then I'm like, I, I get it. It's not bumping like crazy, but it's effective. And I'm, I'm still having a blast with it when it rolls into the final you know, climax of, of action and tough guy talk. It, it didn't quite nail everything for me. I, I gave it an eight. I thought I'm having so much fun with this. I well, would I thought you were going to trash this. this. No, I'm, sure. I'm watching this and I'm just having a blast with how much fun they're doing, what they're doing. They seem to be having fun doing it. And there's something going on with red notice extraction. This, uh, what was the kid? Uh, there's like a kid lightsaber film that was kind of like Flight of the Navigator that was just on like some streaming service. I thought it was Netflix too. There's something going on with that partition of films that's it's not going to be a 10. They can't be a 10. Right. But it's it's in the seven and a half to eight and a half range and it's almost always solidly doing it. And I watched this in the same sort of way that I started watching Extraction 
and thinking, oh, God, right. sure. And <laughs> right. it won me over. Yeah. It just gets me, and I'm willing to go with it as long as it doesn't really screw it up. And maybe the best thing I can say is there wasn't a lot of room to screw up. The Russos know what they're doing. These actors are capable. There's charisma everywhere, and it's fun. Yeah. But, but again, if you want something like Mission Impossible, it's going to fail because it can't deliver everything that that does. Because it's not, it's just not nearly that serious. And, and, and again, like yeah. there's a there's a point there. You're right, where it doesn't quite say, okay, yeah, we're John Wick, you know, because it isn't and it hasn't been, and it can't quite be like the bus scene in Nobody, although at times it is. You know, it's just it's carving out its little tiny sliver in between those films. And I thought it was fun. Yeah. I, had, I had a welcome time with it. Yeah. And I'm telling everybody, don't listen uh, to any I thought, reviews. Just I thought go you were going to, I thought you were going to, this was going to be like our Hudson Hawk no, moment or something. I, I'm going to go, when you no, texted it's great. Me, and you're going to go, what? I almost texted idiot. you back because you sent some disparaging stuff about Captain America. And I almost got back to you and was like, you swallow that. He's doing great. This is some, this is some fun stuff. But he's clearly, you know, after playing Captain America forever, you know, Chris Evans is definitely with he, knives out. I mean, out he's on he's this. on like a whole thing. Like he's he's having fun he, exploring. He just, the other side. Yeah. he just likes this guy. Yeah, he just likes this guy, and uh, and this guy is not original to him, which right. I didn't love that yeah, either. No, I get right? It. Yeah, um, because his character in this is you know fine. Yeah, right. But he's too simplistic. I think I think he's too simplistically written, and every everything he does at any point is whatever is just the most obvious. Right, uh, it's so predictable. Bad, bad guy, guy thing yeah. to do or whatever. Yeah. It's like the only reason, right, that no animals were harmed during the filming <laughs> of this is that you know there were no puppies near him at any point right. because right. otherwise he would have just walked over and kicked it well, what's just his, for the fun of it. What's right? his line like? In order to make an omelet, you got to kill a few people, uh, right. you know. And right. that's his that's his psychopathy. But right. even even the disposable lines, which doesn't give anything away, but like when he's when there's a big action scene that's going on in like this plaza and he screams at people, would somebody please shoot the guy handcuffed to the bench? Right, right. I, I mean, I didn't laugh hilariously, but I'm like, man, I'm loving this. Right. This is just so much fun. Right. I, I And that that whole scene was like so funny. But that uh that whole part, you've got like the train and you've mm-hmm. got that thing where, you know, now you know, take out the SWAT thing. Well, right. uh, okay, because I brought my rocket launcher. And it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's so much of this that's like, whatever. Like, at some point, it's almost the A-team in some of these scenes, right? It's, yeah. just, it's so over the top that these scenes, you know, are are clearly going to lose people. Right. And right. Uh, there are probably, because, uh, you know, I won't name any names or anything, but there are probably... <laughs> People who have reviewed this movie, yeah, based almost exclusively on seeing those scenes, <laughs> right, and not even like the whole movie, right. But right. you see like ten scenes of the movie and go, I can review that, I can do that or whatever. I know what this is. And if you show them that scene, right, then I mean, then this is a stupid movie, sure, right. Sure. I mean, <laughs> then, then you're and, like, and look, this movie's horrible, right. But it it manages to at least make it work enough, yeah. That, I mean, it's just uh, it's just fairly ludicrous some of the stuff that happens. Sure. But you know, that's and not kind airplane gay more in right, right? and but not it, airplane crazy. It's just it's just have fun. Pretend that this is the world they're in. Pretend that these people are so jaded but committed right, or right. blackmailed or whatever, and put them in a room and go with it. And right. really, that's the experiment where. Okay, I'm a psychopath and you're an agent that's, you know, not right. quite crazy and you're somebody who's lethal but overlooked and put us in a room. What are we riffing on? Right. Let's let's and, shoot. And you know, um we don't have to go on this for too much longer, I guess, but you know, the thing that makes the movie for me because uh, this movie could have gone a million miles wrong. Right. And could have ended up being like the dumbest movie of the yeah. year because it could have just it could have slid. It, it could have stepped a few, yeah, you know, a little bit to the left, and this movie is, you know, <laughs> right. nonsense, right, or whatever. 
But I think even now, it's it's weird to say because it can't be true and it makes no sense. But even now, I feel like Brian Gosling is like underrated. He is incredibly underrated, especially for comedic stuff. Like he's so good looking. Like Everyone's always every, ripping on him. Like for everything, right? If he was, if he made uh-huh. nothing but rom coms his yep. whole career, right? He would be more famous, sure, or whatever, sure. Right? But like this movie has, you know, like a little bit of drive yep. in it. Yep. And it's even got a little bit of his guy in like La La Land, right? You know, because there is uh, some really awesome scenes in this movie where you just kind of get his, you know, like resignation yeah. to his fate. Yep. Like he's just, he doesn't have motivation. Right. Because he's he's just resigned himself to this is how this is how it ended up. Even and this in the, is where I am, he, and and he goes with that. And yeah, it's awesome. Even when he's in the Nice Guys with Russell Crowe, and that's an overlooked, fun, comedic kind of performance that he's doing. Like I still think about that scene in the bathroom where he's trying to point a gun at <laughs> Russell Crowe while pulling up his pants. I, I mean, and again, humor is sort of a weird hit. It's like. You know, spice. You're like, I want ghost pepper, and you're like, I just want pepper. Right. Like sometimes it hits, but he is. He took a he took a fair amount of brow beating for just being the Notebook guy forever because right, he's a right. good looking guy, right. and there was the internet sensation of him being like, Hey girl, right. you know. And I mean, I get it. Damn it, he needs to he needs to be in more stuff. I love his sarcastic delivery. That's sort of overly comical, but restrained. He's doing the best version of Ryan Reynolds because Ryan Reynolds smarmy every comeback is witty, like great, cool guy talk. When Ryan Gosling delivers it, I'm like, well, I'll follow you. Right. And then Ryan Reynolds is just like, you're an idiot. I mean, and and they're both great guys. I'm just saying that's the character he seems to portray more, less smarm, more comedy. He, He deserves more opportunity to do all kinds of stuff like this. He's so good at it. Yeah. Yeah, he he is really he like pulls you through the movie. Yeah, uh, in a way like you know like you said at the beginning. Um, I also even I'm a huge Ryan Gosling fan. Yeah, me too. And I have I think pretty much loved everything he's been in in like at least the last ten years sure. or whatever. Um, and everything he's been in, he's still even something like Drive, which uh, you know critically loved right and right. and he got plenty of attention critically for uh being insanely good in it right but you know in the general zeitgeist of yeah. <laughs> the culture you know hardly anyone saw it yeah. and you know right. whatever um but he he you know pulls you along in that movie he does the same in this like you were saying you start watching extraction even though I love him, I started watching this movie going, uh, right here we you go. Know, this thing, I don't know, but the, this is, you know, it seemed like, you know, a couple of big names are getting some big ass paychecks right. and right. here's your goofball movie. And right. thanks. Right? right. And, and it was, it was like you said, like extraction. Like I started watching that movie. I had no hopes for that movie Me either. And then like a half hour in, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, on. What's yeah, up? Right. And, and sure. this is the same thing. And even when this movie started and he's in prison and do, doing that scene. And they're doing their banter. And I'm going, oi. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Is, you know, Here we this go. is what's happening. And yeah. then, man, he just sucks you in. He, he is uh, delivering such a cool yeah. version of this character. Yeah. A, a lot of the times, like by not trying to deliver anything right like not trying to overdo anything or oversell the character like just this is what this Less character would do yep, right for sure and yeah so it's really good so definitely uh check oh. that one out and as you were saying about recommending it to people like don't listen to the no uh, don't listen to the reviews that are because i just looked when you were talking about it man they're, they're like in the 50s and 40s right Audiences are liking a bit more the Adam Project. That's the one I was thinking of with the kid with the lightsaber. Oh right, right, right. Um, but there's there's something fun happening with the streaming services films. It's not all let's copy Stranger Things. Like right. they're doing something here, and again, tens are real hard to come by for a reason. This was a blast. Right. It, I dare you to tell me you like things like Lethal Weapon and The Last Boy Scout and nobody, and then watch this and be like that sucked and don't like this. Like right. come on, yeah, and. Uh, 
it, it does. Like I said, it it has its problems. It has sure. things about it that I had to I had to drag it you down. Overlook uh, it, yeah. You know, I had to pull it down, and uh, especially things like you know, you said the airplane scene, right? That just didn't work. Um, it it didn't work. Although I I thought it was pretty close, and I think the problem is is that it just went on too long. It was, it was too if much. They, if they would have had that whole airplane thing be about half as long, yeah. but what are you going to do? It's right. like, I spent this much, man. Well, and the, gonna, money, <laughs> and the money they spent, like, there's a weird decision. I mean, no, we're done with it, but the weird decision at the end when it's sort of, like, daylight out, and then suddenly it's sun setting, or maybe it's the other way around, it's sort of dark, and now right, it's, like, right. midday, and I'm like, so we're supposed to believe they've been fighting all day, or you guys just like the light better, right. and don't think the audience is paying any attention. There's some weird slips, right, you know, but... Right. All right, anyway, uh, so definitely go check that out. Now, uh, nope. So it's uh, Jordan Peele, and I assume everyone sort of knows what this is about, except that um, that's not what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So take that. You may have seen a lot of trailers for this movie, um, and you may have seen a lot of people riding horses and talking about UFOs (laughs) and all that stuff, but this is not what this movie is about. And I actually thought about this for a while, uh, the extent to which I'm going to like spoil what this movie is about, right? Because... Oh, you've given this more thought than I have. Because it... Uh, <laughs> you, you, watch, you watch the trailers and it's like these people and there are horses and they're clearly on some ranch somewhere. Right. And there are UFOs involved. That's mm-hmm. what you know going in, right? Yeah. Which is not at all true. So... <laughs> So, so I thought, do I, do I actually spoil that or do I just say that it's not true or whatever? And then, uh, it turns out, um, pretty much everyone is like spoiling. They are. So, uh, it doesn't matter. So, uh, anyway, so, um, you know that there's going to be some sort of horrorness to this and the, the movie does involve, uh, people on a horse ranch. They, they work in movies. This is like the family ranch. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to the beginning of film, according to, the, right. uh, according to them. That's true. And, um, and they basically train horses to be used in movies. Yeah. And, and that's their whole gig. They have a ranch, they train the horses. Um, and early on in the movie, uh, dad dies. Yep. And then, really pretty quickly it's six months later um and and basically we are trying to go on with the business right and we're on a set somewhere and uh i think it's kind of funny this movie uh sort of sets you up if let's say you know anything about movies and uh productions and how they're made or whatever um because the movie I would say kind of begins there. Yeah. Because we we got like yeah. this introduction bit that goes on for a while. But the first really the first things that that happens is we got a horse on a set of whatever, a TV show or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And basically what you have there is a scene constructed uh basically the the background idea of that scene is this is what I think people think filming stuff is like right and it isn't remotely anything like anything that you see there's Mm. there's nothing that happens in that that bears any resemblance to reality right uh it's all it's like the weirdest hokiest uh goofball setup just so that like the horse can do this Mm -hmm. and we can be irritating in this way and uh we can you know stick another nail in the coffin of this guy's life and he has to leave and sell his horse and you know, whatever, like we're setting this up. Right. But so the movie begins with like this really kind of hokey, uh, scene where you're like, so I guess that's what this movie's going to run with or whatever. But anyway, we go to the ranch and, uh, and it turns out there actually is like a UFO and, uh, you know, I'm not going to just like run through the whole right plot right. or anything, but uh, a lot of the beginning of the movie, and you can kind of get this idea from some of the trailers and clips and stuff. Uh, 
the beginning of the movie is a lot of they think they saw something. The horses are doing something weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get more cameras and put them all over the place and see if we can capture something. And as you know, people have been talking about this movie a lot. It's kind of a trying to get a reality, you know, something, something and, you know, whatever. And uh, you've got Stephen Wen who runs this weird little uh, Western themed sort of theme park, like a theme kind yeah, of a I mean, place, it's a rinky one, but yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you've got the side story of he was uh, the little kid on a show where there was this whole chimp went berserk yeah. and like killed some of the people on right. the sitcom, whatever. <laughs> and he survived and he was like this child star. Like he was a child star of a different show before. Then he was on this show, it ran for a season during the second season, the chimpanzee killed people. And right. that's a whole and that's... other thing. And, and so he is like neighbors of this ranch right. because his, you know, thing, whatever. And uh, and anyway, it, it, we just like progress through trying to uh, we we start to become really convinced that there's some UFO, right? And uh, and then you know trying to get footage of it, and the guy from Fry's Electronics gets roped into the whole deal because right. he comes out to set up all the cameras Angel, and everything, yeah. and uh, and you know then hilarity ensues, and then right, and then uh, we go down that road. Um, anyway, uh, so jumping out with our ratings, right? I, I gave this a zero. Uh, there, there are, I'm glad I got that right. There are no positive qualities about this movie (laughs) 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 and I'll, I can go into more detail, uh, after we hear from you who gave it a 10. Yeah. (laughs) You know how much love I had for this when we walked out, uh, we still, boy, this is a dumb question. We didn't see this last night. We saw that the night before. Okay. Cause the night, the days have been bleeding together. Right. Um, look, there's a certain, there's a certain segment of audiences that love horror films. And I don't know that this is necessarily a horror film, though I think it wants to be like a sci fi horror film. And what that makes me think of is there's, there's the faction of people that just love seeing stuff. You know, right. that's why slasher films work because you, you're not supposed to care about the jock, the cheerleader, the nerd and the the last girl, the final girl. You know, you're just supposed to root for whether it's Freddy, Jason, Critters, Chucky, whoever you want to see slaughter. That's also kind of where um, Eli Roth's stuff got made, you know, with Hostel and, and the Saw films, right, you know. Right. OK, there's another version of what horror does that I've told, you know, a few times on here, which is you build interesting characters, you make them sympathetic, identifiable, charismatic, and then you put those characters in awful situations because the horror comes from worrying that something bad is going to happen to them. Nope sucks in so many ways because it doesn't have any character to root for. There isn't any relationship in here that's strong enough to care about And really what it does is it sort of focuses, which is what I thought the biggest problem with Peele's previous film, Us, did wrong, was it's just focusing on what you see. It's focusing on these spooky, weird visuals like the hands across America or the kid standing in front of your car on fire. Like, if you focus so much on visuals instead of a narrative and make characters sympathetic to the point where I care you get on the horse and get back to the house or I care that your sister's in trouble or that your dad died, anything. If you can't do that, then all you're doing is spectacle. And this is a long, boring, uninteresting, convoluted, pretentious spectacle. I gave it a one. I gave it a one. I can't believe you didn't give it a zero. I gave it a one because there are certain things in it that I liked enough. I thought, I thought for a while, do I give it zero or do I give it? And I'm not going to, I don't think I'm ever going to be the person I'd have to look. So you ultimately liked it better than his other two films. No. That's what you're saying. No. Because I, I think I gave zero. I gave, I don't think I gave Get Out a zero. Oh. And I don't think I gave Us a zero. I think, I think he's making worse films going along. I'll have to look it up. 
I I love the idea of I love the idea of like a, a farmer seeing like you know the power of the dog, but instead of seeing this dog shadow, there's like a weird a weird cloud. UFO. Okay, that that's fine. And I love the I love, and we talked about it. My favorite part of the story is the monkey. You know, the chimp, like there's something in there. And if the story had focused on any one of those, it might have been able to survive itself. But pouring in all these other things, bringing in a professional cinematographer, having all these like gratuitous chimp survivors, like it's just it's so bogged down by everything that it thinks is interesting and important and can't see the forest for the trees, you know, but there are a couple things in there that. You know, and when I give something a one, what I'm saying is I can't give anything a half a star. I'll never, it's zero or one. Right. From one up, I can give you one and a half or two and a half, but I'm not giving you half. I'm going to pick. So I picked. I went with one because there were a few things in it where I'm like, you didn't deliver, but I liked it. Yeah. So there are, there are actually a few things in this movie I like, which makes it seem weird that it's zero. And I said there are no positive qualities to it. Right. But there are a few things in the movie that I like, but only utterly on their own. Yeah. Removed completely from the movie. Not in the context right? of this film that I like. It. I yeah. like a lot of the stuff that has to do with the chimpanzee. And I, I told you when we were <clears throat> walked out, actually, I liked Stephen Wynn's character yeah. and the stuff that happens with him. Yeah. Right? I do too. There are parts, you know, he is like this sad former child actor who now all of, he, I mean, really, he was like a big child star, yeah. allegedly, whatever. Right. right. And then, you know, the incident happened to him. Yeah. And I imagine he didn't get a lot of work after that or whatever. Yeah. And now, you know, all that got him was he runs, you know, rodeo town <laughs> thing, in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Jupiter's. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and anyway, and he is uh, trapped forever. Yeah. Underneath this table, when he was a kid, he's and there's a scene where he's, you know, standing in his office and he's like staring out into space and he's like reliving it for apparently no real reason. And like he is just locked in being that kid for his entire life. And there's like interesting stuff to do there. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with this movie, though. And it doesn't relate to this movie in any way. You have to watch all these scenes about this chimp uh, killing people just because Jordan Peele thinks it's interesting to watch this chimp kill people. But it doesn't in any way connect to the rest of the story. And he thinks it's interesting and makes you feel weird, you know, to see that woman come back Mm -hmm. to the mostly empty crowd of this dumbass place with the veil over her face that the wind blows and then you kind of see her and it's like, oh, look, that's creepy. Right. And it has nothing to do with anything. And nothing in the whole movie has anything to do with anything. Because as I said, we were going out, like this already got zero, even if there was a no other reason to give it a zero because there is no story. There isn't in this movie. Yeah. And like I said, when we left there's no more story in this movie than there would be if somebody followed me around for a day. And this, in this movie, there is uh, what happened, right? But there's no story at all. It doesn't get you to anything. There's nothing about, his whatever the awesome subtext uh, allegory Jordan Peele thinks right. is going on in this movie, it, he's wrong. Right. right. <laughs> They're just it's it's just like, uh, you know, like I said, if you literally did follow me around for a day. Yeah. And then assigned that film to some film class <laughs> and said, uh, you know, describe the allegory of this right. or whatever. Somebody could make something up right. or whatever, you know, well, like <laughs> this is like, this is like, I was, I, you know, we bashed on it a bunch cause it deserved it. I was talking to somebody who was thinking about seeing Darren Aronofsky's mother mm-hmm. and mother's an easy go-to punching bag. Cause it's a pretentious piece and of you tackle thing. And I, I was like, you watch that and tell me what it's about, what you think and what you like. And we got to talking about it. And I said, if, if he was in front of me right now and chose every sentence in you know, that could be chosen 
to try to explain to me what that meant. It wouldn't work. Because what he's doing is just trying to evoke an emotion through a very belated and long-winded way of art. And that's that's fine and admirable, I guess, but you don't get to then use that as an excuse and a get-out-of-jail-free card when your art sucks. Right. And I can punch holes through it. There's something here about what Jordan Peele wants in that weird... Like, the first five minutes of this movie are just so bizarre from the biblical quote about, I will make you an abomination, cast you out with filth, make you the spectacle, you know, blah, blah, blah. Looking back on it now, I see he's trying to, with all of the things that are about looking at things, you know, using, don't look the animal in the eye, you know, don't be a spectacle. We can't look away. He wants to make a metaphor about how the way to survive the flying sand dollar, (laughs) you know, this big UFO thing is to not look at it. But the story doesn't care. Sometimes it just kills people who don't look at it. it right. So that doesn't matter. Nonsense and it doesn't make all. any sense anyway. doesn't make any sense anyway. He wants to do a metaphor, I think, somewhere in there about a group of people, you know, maybe it's our human nature, that we know in order to win, in order to live, we don't look at it, but we want to document it. We want to record this somehow. And okay, but go make a movie about that. You, you, it's funny how after doing this for so long, we've got things that stick and come up whenever we're thinking of films. I often think when I see a film like this of how you used to rag on, you know, Nolan's Batman and you're like, you want to make a Batman movie, do it. But if you're making a James Bond movie, do that. Right. Like, don't call it something because you want to do it. Go do it. Whatever Jordan Peele was trying to do, and I, and I actually appreciate him swinging for the fences, but strike out, strike out, you know, whatever you're getting here, if you can connect, you've got a home run. As someone who loves the box office that this gets, and I want theaters to still be a thing, I like this, even though I hate the product, because I don't get it, and I think it's pretentious. But I appreciate him trying to do it, but now I just think you're edging into visuals over narrative and nothing makes any sense from, I don't care if you flash a card that says six months later, if you see your dad die in such a way in front of you, and then you, we get a glimpse of his dad's face and it's all messed up. That's not the reason that Daniel Kaluuya's performance is so absent. Like I, I'm watching him and Kiki and everybody in it. Although, although the guy that plays angel, uh, I thought was great. Yeah, I thought, I thought he next to Steve's performance as the Asian cowboy. I thought those guys basically stole this whole thing. But the rush to finish the film after taking such a weird pedestrian way to try to get to a film and it's all happening. And I'm like, wait, wait, I don't get any of this. Nobody should be together. There's no consequences. It's all just visuals. And that is almost easily like. It's almost like easily represented by just the, what do they call those things you always see at the car dealerships? The blowing man, the straw people. I I don't don't know what you call them. I get for some reason they went out and stole a bunch of stuff because when the alien shows up, you know, all your power goes off. Okay, that's that's an old trope, but sure. And it makes a hell of a visual, but it doesn't make sense. You would spend all this time putting all these people out there into this into this big, you know, gulch, unless you just wanted it for the visual. People are making so many annoying comparisons that this is Spielbergian, and I want to punch them in the throat. It's not. This is M. Night. This is signs, but not as good. It's nowhere near Close Encounters. And I see some people laughably trying to say this is like Jaws for a new generation. Shut up. Shut up. This is not even close to, maybe Jaws 4. Well, this isn't Jaws. You need to go watch Jaws again if you think this is Jaws. Those people are annoying, and they're yeah. such on his. They're such on his backside. I I get it. You know they love Jordan Peele. I like Jordan Peele, but I don't love this movie at all. Yeah, I. You know I'm starting to think uh, we're going to wrap up here real real quick. But I I literally am starting to think that uh, at this point the whole plan right is that in like. Five to ten years, Jordan Peele is gonna like win an Oscar for something and go, guess what? All my movies suck, and I was just making fun of you for liking them. <laughs> right, right. And I I can't believe all the here's some praise I got for yeah. nope and read yeah. something out and then go, 
you're all idiots or something. Right. Like, I, I mean, I just can't even take uh, any of the stuff in this movie seriously enough to think that he actually believes it. Right. right? It's all, there's so much of this movie. There's a ton of this movie that is just like, I want every frame of the movie to be a picture yeah. that I like to look at. Right. And then if you put enough of those together, right. somehow it's about something. No. And yeah. and it's completely not. And yeah. every next thing that happens that's supposed to be interesting, scary, tense, uh-huh. whatever it is, it doesn't make any sense. And it gets worse and worse as you go. Yeah. Up until the point where she's taking pictures with this well camera. Yeah. Because she wants to get the money shot of... The alien, Mm -hmm. that's also a transformer now. That doesn't make any sense because, you know, it's maybe it's an alien creature. Maybe it's not an alien creature, but whatever it is, the laws of physics don't apply to it because it's magical. Right. Now it's right. Yeah. Now it's not even a creature. It's magical. Right. Um, But we're trying to build up this tension sort of. Yeah about her taking this picture but like there's nothing to be scared of right at the moment and why the hell is she taking the pictures that don't work right why is she taking pictures that are not quite it it uh-huh. makes no sense at all yeah. for anyone to do that except right. that you can go oh no i have to stick another quarter in and right. i have to try again right but you're looking at it and right. you know nothing's right. happening and you're turning the crank and taking a picture for no reason right. just so that you can go it's like a person in a slasher movie like tripping on the stairs like mm-hmm. on purpose repeatedly right. Right. and and then going oh wait he didn't get me yet right. and then running some more and then going oof i slipped yeah <laughs> and like right like that scene has is like the culmination of the movie somehow where it's like all leading up to this level of stupidity, yeah. you know, like yeah. <laughs> we, we suckered you in and we get that whole thing. I almost had some hope for this movie with that uh, fancy director guy. Yeah. And then it yeah. turned and, and, and I was like, you know, the fancy director guy is going to come in mm-hmm. and something, something right. that's going to make sense. Right. And it turns out the fancy director guy's the dumbest dude of all of them. He right? just wants he's, the shot. He's I, just, you know, uh, like, he had, yeah. you know, he's like, uh, you know, when I complain that the bad guys in movies are just crazy. Right. And that's not a character. Right. And that's not interesting. Yeah. And he's like the the highbrow <laughs> fancy director yeah. who apparently works on this TV show for some reason. Right. Uh, and, and he's the dumbest person in this group of yeah. dumb people. And yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I didn't understand. There's not a film in here. I could imagine like exists on the cutting room floor. I really just, I don't understand why watching, watching this. So many people are like, Oh my God, this Yay. art is like, I, I've seen some reviews. I don't always want to look at the hundreds. Right. I want to look at like the eighties. Like, what did you like with some problems that you had? And they're like, oh, the only problem is it didn't go on long enough. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> get off my planet. Like, you are an imposter. I want the director's four-hour like, cut. I cannot believe you. Yeah, it's just it's just so weird. And again, like The Gray Man. I went into The Gray Man and Nope with lowered expectations. Not because I don't like the people in it. I actually kind of wanted both of them to succeed in a way. And I told you, it'd be great if this was good right, right not not just great or amazing but it would be great if it was good because i like listening to jordan peele talk about stuff i just don't like his movies right, and i don't right. think that they're doing what i think he thinks they are but but this but, one and uh, we got to get out of here but this yeah. one as i said i didn't like get out or us i like yeah. get out a lot better than i liked us yeah me too and certainly a lot better than i like this um but both of those movies, whether I liked them or not, yeah, had stories, yeah, and right. are about things, and choice, right? right? And this one, Nothing. like, uh, there just is no story that happens. And just because I don't know that either one of us have mentioned it, the worst part of this movie, or at least kind of the worst part of this movie, is it is just freaking boring. Yeah, it's so boring. It is so slow and yeah. boring. 
to the it, it's boring to the extent like this is how you know this is how I know Jordan Peele uh, doesn't know how to make horror movies or tension or or run with the story he's got right is because when you get to this movie uh, when you get to the part where the thing is like you know regurgitating on their house right right. right. Like I was just rolling my eyes. Like right. by the time we get to that, I'm like, I don't, who cares? Right. <laughs> like, right. like I should be somehow invested in the, you know, absolute crazy town mm-hmm. stuff that's going on. Right. And I'm not at all. Right. Right. And so you can even get to the scary horror things. You know, he's getting chased on his horse. I'm like, you know, sucks to be that horse or whatever. And that's the final thing I'm going to say is, uh, for a movie with a bunch of horses, there's a lot of scenes of the weirdest fake horse riding that I've ever seen. Right. Why, why Uh, would you, what year is this? There's, there's parts where he's riding the horse and his body is not moving. Matching the movement of the horse's gallop. I know. I know. I saw it. Huh? Right. Like, Right. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was just awful. And and like I said, it was so boring. It made me think of when that's happening on, on, on the house. It made me think of that movie that uh, we both love. That's the tiny uh, black and white night something, you know, with the high school. Oh, the vast of night. Yeah, the vast of night. It made me think of that movie while that was happening because I was like, in the vast of night, nothing even happens. Mm-hmm. Like there is no right. Uh, nothing comes right. Right. And I was I was more creeped out in parts, and I was and more moved by it. I was more like <laughs> on my edge, yeah. uh, on the edge of my seat, and I was more yeah. uh, tense about stuff happening. And and you don't even get anything that happens in that movie. Yeah. And I'm like, in this movie, look look at this stuff look that's going money on. And I yeah. couldn't care less, right? right? When the creature zooms down after him, yeah, and like really comes close to him or whatever, and it, and is about to get him, he kind of like gets knocked out yeah. or whatever, right? And you and you see it, right? right? Yeah. And I'm like, man, all that for this? I mean, seriously. The only thing that could have saved this, mo- and I'm done. The only thing you could have saved this movie is if the Gordy Chimp was flying the UF Sand Dollar, right? Came down, or, or if he showed up later, he, even though he had been, sh- he not shot, only beat right? but eat, eaten everybody, <laughs> and then pulled Jordan Peele in front of the camera and beat and ate him too. Yeah, that might have been two stars. Uh, maybe. All right, uh, all right. We got to get out of here. Thanks, for, so bad. Thanks yeah. for tuning in, and uh, be sure and email us. Uh, actually, because we had a lot of stuff to do this week, but I got a couple of emails that we oh, will get to. Uh, cool. We'll get to next week. Uh, if you go to rescreening.com, just hit the contact page, yeah. or you can email me oh, at markeesman at rescreening.com. But that's a long, that's convoluted easy. thing. Just yeah. go to our contact page and yeah. fill it out. Uh, email us, yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, share with all your friends yeah. and force them to listen. Yeah. Like and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Hey, listeners. On behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.